Hey awesomes, it's Meg. Before we start this week's episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on our very first ever group giving project. Last week in episode 222, the awesome gift guide episode, I told you about our partnership with giftateacher.org. Gift a Teacher is a program dedicated to helping teachers equip the students in their classrooms with everything they need to learn, including basic school supplies. Sort of Awesome selected 10 teachers to have their classrooms funded by our awesome community. And I am so excited to tell you that on Giving Tuesday alone, we funded six of those classrooms. And we were able to do that just through the power of the awesomes in our Sort of Awesome Hangout community on Facebook and on Instagram. But we want to make sure that every single awesome has the opportunity to be a part of funding these teachers and their classrooms. So, so in the show notes for today's episode, you'll find the links for the four remaining teachers that we want to come together to fund their classrooms before the end of the year. So once again, look in the show notes for today's episode for those links to giftateacher.org to find out more how you can be the awesome to these teachers this season. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Well, Awesomes, here we are. It is December and the holiday season is upon us. And I'm just going to let you know that if you need a little little break for yourself, a little reminder of what is good and right and true and comforting. I created something just for our superstars for this holiday season. I'm calling it nine awesome affirmations for the holidays. I actually released it at the end of October and we've heard from quite a few of our superstars that this has been really helpful to have these nine affirmations in the earbuds, in the car, as you're going and doing all of your holiday stuff, nine true and positive and really awesome thoughts to help you in this season to kind of recenter and refocus on what is true about you and what is true about the people around you. It's just one little bonus that you get when you sign up to be a supporter of Sorta Awesome on Patreon. Again, we call our supporters the superstars. They support Sorta Awesome and our mission in the world for just $5 a month at Patreon. So if you've been thinking you need to get signed up, I'm going to tell you what, now's the time to do it. And you can do it. It's so easy to do when you go to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. Well, this is episode 223. It is December. I am joined this week by my dear friend, my longtime co-host and kind of a self-care mentor in my life, Kelly Gordon. Kelly, hello. And how are you? Hey, Meg. I'm really good. It's nice to see you. And Nico. I know. Yes, I've got Nico, my other trusty co-host and sidekick. He's asleep for now, but yes. be prepared for baby noises at any time during the show, as always. That's right. That's why we all tune in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this week, well, first of all, actually, Kelly, speaking of our superstars, we, the co-host team, we asked because one of the things that you get when you sign up to be a superstar supporter is you get access to our exclusive Facebook group that's just for our superstars. Mm -hmm. So we, the co-hosts, we always have this dilemma every year, don't we? Yes. We are always thinking, okay, it's December. 
Do we do holiday themed shows? Is everybody holidayed out? They want to just talk about real life for a little bit. <laughs> so this year we thought, let's just ask the superstars. And that's exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. And it was really surprising to me, Kelly, because the resounding consensus was we want holiday shows in December. <laughs> right. I was a little surprised too, but yet not because I get it, right? We're all in this mode. And so having something that's a complete 180, while it can be refreshing, at the same time, you're like, I don't know when I want to listen to a podcast. And I also want to say this, we are also in the US like impeachment all the time. So it's the same sort of a thing, right? So people are like, either you really want to go all in or you're like, I want yes. something different. And I think yeah. that even a holiday show, because it's not newsy, is a break for a lot of people. So you know yes. what? We jumped on that bandwagon. I think that we just needed to know which direction the awesomes wanted to go. And if you guys are saying, you know what? Let's talk about the holidays. Then we have a great topic here that was also suggested by our superstars to tackle today. And it has to do with how we care for ourselves in this month of chaos. It's so true. It's so true. It came from the superstars. I was like, you know, we definitely talk about self-care, but we've never done it with a holiday focus. So you guys, that's what we have for you this week. We're going to be talking about seven different ways, seven types of care that you can give to yourself, especially during the holiday season. Of course, a lot of these you can extend far beyond the holidays, but we thought, hey, you know what, right here at the beginning of December, let's get it out on the table and let's talk about what we need to do to care for ourselves in a way that's awesome throughout the month and throughout the holidays. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a minute. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment in the show where we talk about the books, the movies, the TV shows, the podcasts, the products, whatever it is that's making life just a little bit more awesome right now. Kelly, I know yours is a really different awesome of the week than you normally share, but a really powerful and meaningful ones. So why don't you go ahead and share it with the awesomes? Yeah. So this is going to seem like a very not awesome of the week. And it isn't an awesome of the week, really, you guys. This last week, if you follow me on social media, you know that we had to put our dog down. Our dog, Sammy, was a border collie. She's been with us for 10 years and just was the perfect dog. We just kept saying she was the best dog. She was the kind of dog that just went seamlessly into our family. Of course, she needed some training and stuff, but she's always been so gentle with everybody. She was never a barker. She didn't eat things too much. You know, she was just one of those dogs that you loved and she made it easy to love. About a year ago, she was diagnosed with kidney disease. And so she had gone really very quickly downhill this fall. We'd given her, which they always say with kidney disease in animals, you can really try to treat it like with blood pressure medication and good food, but she was just getting worse and her quality of yeah. life was suffering a lot. We made this decision to put her down with our daughter, my daughter, Natalie, who's 18. This is really, Sammy was her best friend. So it was a very, very hard week to mm. lose a member of your family. And I know so many awesomes right now probably are nodding your head or your eyes are filled with tears because you're like, I remember this year yes. or last year or a childhood. And you know what, yeah. man, this is weird. We've owned a lot of dogs and a couple mm -hmm. of cats and we've always like given them away. I've never, ever oh. like lived with a dog since my very young childhood, all the way yeah. through its whole life. So this oh, is my first yes. experience, you know, yeah. walking a dog through to death. So mm -hmm. that is not an awesome of the week, but it is a real thing. And that's the reason you're saying this is unusual. Here's my real awesome is that you guys, the community of the awesomes on social media surrounded me with so much love and my daughter. 
And in fact, one person, awesome Liz, and she knows who she is, she contacted me on social media and said, you know, she had to put her cat down this last summer. And it was also, you know, very sad. And so she had gotten herself an ornament, a pet ornament, which you can get in so many stores from Michael's. And she said, I'd really like to send one to you for your daughter, especially who's lost her friend. It's got a little spot for a picture. And so she said, you know, it's at Michael's. I'm just like, tell me if there's a Michael's near you and I will order it online and you can go pick it up at the store. So there was no even like shipment or, you know, it was the kindest thing. You guys, it's that gentle moment where you feel seen where somebody steps into the yuck of your life of what's going on right now and says, I want to do something for you. Mm, And this was small. I mean, nobody's going to say this was like, you know, my daughter has been saying, my younger daughter, like, what do you want for Christmas, mom? And I'm like, there's nothing that you can get me right now, right? Mm -hmm, It's those mm -hmm. moments of being seen. And that's what Liz did is that she sent this ornament and we put it up on our tree last night. And we printed a picture of Sammy. It's hard to believe that she's not here. You know, she's usually click clacking around and was always just so happy to be with us. She's in all of our old Christmas photos and, you know, the moments that you do the traditions every year, putting the tree up or opening gifts or making cookies, especially the making cookies. She loved to hang out under the table because of all the things that the kids would drop. But we will miss her. It was that moment of kindness. And I thought this is really make tea. It's this sort of awesome ethic that we Mm -hmm. have here for this podcast, for our hangout group is that we just know that life is hard. It's not always awesome, Mm -hmm. but we can make it awesome by finding those small things where we can see each other, where we can encourage each other. We can say, you can keep going. I've been there. I know what it feels like. It's hard, but you can do it. And I thought, man, I have felt so comforted this week because of Liz stepping into my life and so many others sending me sweet notes. And I have passed a lot of them on to my daughter. It's meant a lot to her. So thank you, awesomes. Maybe this is like one of those pay it forward sort of moments. If you're inspired by this story, like, is there something here in the midst of December when we're all a little crazy, right? Mm -hmm. We've all got these long to-do lists. Is there one small thing that you can do for somebody in your life, maybe even somebody online that you can reach out and just say, hey, we can do this together. Oh my goodness. I'm like holding on to the table. (laughs) I'm like, I cannot start bawling, although I do want to. Yeah, I pretty much just like had to swallow all of my tears here. I'm like, compartmentalize, oh compartmentalize. Yes. If I were not on mic, I would just be sobbing yeah. openly. Let's just all be honest. I've cried more this last week than I've probably cried in five yeah. to 10 years. Like in one, oh. you know, just, it's been a hard week. But you know, I do truly believe in the healing power of tears and yes. all of those things and having somebody who sees you and who loves you. And I have felt very loved. That's what it's about, right? We can't stop Absolutely. the hard things, but we can love each other. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is such a great awesome of the week. I'm so glad you shared it. I think it absolutely reflects what we've been about from the beginning Mm -hmm. and just to see it continue to blossom and grow and take deeper roots is just, I don't know. It's very awesome. Thank you for that, Kelly. Thank you. That's a hard act to follow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Of the week. I'm feeling like such a dum-dum because my awesome of the week, it could not be more different. No, that's what we need. We need something here, Meg. I'm like, can, we, well, least, can you lighten this up a little bit? Not talk about pet death. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody, wipe your tears because now we got to talk about bad smells in the bathroom. Oh, yes. Okay, good. As an ENFP7, I was feeling like this is a real downer. We need, we need a little moment of levity. Thank you, Meg yep. We're going to take a turn, you guys. It's like, so it's so, not potpourri or poopery. It's not poopery. It's like a cheaper version that I am loving. So we, the reason I wanted to talk about it at the beginning of December is because 
you know, throughout December, lots of us host things in our home, mm-hmm. host maybe events or host people, especially if you have house guests who are staying with you, or let's just be honest, like, let's just family life. I was going to say, yes, hashtag life. <laughs> let's just say kids. Yes. Kids, adults, whatever. Part of being a human being is that sometimes you go to the bathroom and you just stink it up in there. <laughs> I'm trying not to let's laugh. put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I mean, and some of us have very prolific kids. I mean, do you ever look yes. at your cells and you go, what are they eating? Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my fifth child is still in the diapering phase, but my four olders, you have four. Like there's a lot of bathroom traffic. Yes, there is. There's a lot of bathroom smells. Okay. So let me tell you this. I used to be a big, big fan of poopery, as you may know. It's the essential oils blend spray that you can spray in the toilet before you go. And, or you can, I'm sure you can spray it in the bathroom after you go. And it helps take care of the air. Great product. That's fine. But what I want to tell you is that I have found a Trader Joe's dupe for that. What? Yes. And I'm surprised. I'm going to hold it up for you. Have you seen this? It's the Trader Joe's Super Lemon Room Spritz. I don't know that I have seen it, but I will say, you know how it is with Trader Joe's. Sometimes they get it in, they sell out so fast. I have seen some very cute things for Trader Joe's probably from Awesomes in social media over the last couple of weeks for the holidays. And I'll go to my store and they're like, oh yeah, that sold out in like three hours. Right. Totally. For example, those felted garlands. Yes. I never even saw them at my store. So I don't know if they're getting in anymore. So I might have to look for this specifically, but you're basically, it's like one of those small spray bottles. Yes. Just a little brown bottle. It's easy to miss. It is in the home care aisle. But it's easy to miss because yep. it's so small. But like I said, it's the Super Lemon Room Spritz. It says it has lemon myrtle and spearmint oils. Mm. And I saw this on, okay, listen, you guys, I'm just going to confess to you that my level of Trader Joe's geekery is such that I am a member of the Trader Joe's subreddit. <gasps> As you all know, I love Reddit. There's a Trader Joe's subreddit. And people had been talking about how awesome this room spritz is. Now, they gave the caveat, and this is true. I think the spritz is better in small spaces like a bathroom or maybe in the kitchen in terms of like leaving a a strong scent and a lingering scent in a bigger room like your living room or even in the bedroom. I don't think it's that great, but I got a bottle for each of our bathrooms and it is super powerful in a small space. You just give a few spritzes after you need to, well, whenever you need to give a few spritzes because the other thing about having boys and I was prepared for this, I was genuinely prepared for boys and bathroom smells. Although my oldest two are girls and I just have, you know, it's the sort of like number one hashtag boy mom thing is the smell in the bathroom. (laughs) So I was prepared, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just this bathroom could be a little bit of a stinky place. The kitchen can get stinky when you're cooking with, you know, lots of garlic or whatever. My husband loves, loves, loves to make skillet onions. And so, and that's great when they're cooking, but then you walk in the next day, the next morning after you've had a big, you know, oniony dish and it's like, oh, it still smells like onion in here. <laughs> you could give a few spritzes of this stuff. So anyway, it's like, I don't know. I want to say it was less than $4, maybe even of less than three. Wow. I can't yeah, remember. I mean, that's Trader Joe's though. They sell all this amazing stuff for very little money. Exactly. So you're going to get it at a Trader Joe's price. I have been loving it and I think it's fantastic to keep. And you can just keep it like on the bathroom. It's just so small. I can't do like a Glade spray or anything like that just because the chemical stuff gives me a headache. Yeah, it can be a very cloying smell. You know, like it's better than the alternative, Mm -hmm. but barely sometimes. It's like, you know, Axe body spray sort of stuff. So this is a question. Yeah. 
could your kids do it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, or do you need to go in? Like, no, can no. they do it in the sense of, is it, is it going to be too much? You know, like. I've been leaving it on the counter okay. just as a reminder. Even my almost seven-year-old twins can do it. Now, your kids may go a little overboard, but hey, it just smells more <laughs> lemony if they do. Okay. But yes, anybody can do it. You just leave it out. And then if you have guests who, you know, again, might want to be a little bit more subtle with their bathroom <laughs> footprint that they're leaving behind, smell print, <laughs> nose print. Nose print. <laughs> it's a just nice thing to be like, look, we got you covered right here. Use yes. the spray bottle. Nobody will know the difference. Or I guess if you walk in the bathroom, it smells like lemon, then everyone knows what you've been doing anyway. But <laughs> that's okay. That's better. You know? It's like we're going back to the preschool years here. What was that book? Everybody poops. Everybody poops. We understand that, yes. but we don't all have to smell it. <laughs> exactly. So again, it's the Trader Joe's Super Lemon Rude Spritz. Look for it at your local Trader Joe's. It's not even necessarily a seasonal product, but I would, you know how Trader Joe's is. I would stock up if you find it at your store. So, all right. Those were our awesomes of the week this week. You know that we always love to hear what is awesome in your life. So if you haven't joined us already on Instagram, we would love to have you Join us over there where we're talking Awesome of the Week every Friday at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. And of course, we're always talking about what's awesome in life on Fridays and every day of the week in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. So if you haven't joined us there, please do at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. All right, Kelly, I cannot wait to share what we have come up with for seven different kinds of ways to care for ourselves, seven ways to care for ourselves, seven areas of life that need our care. Now, I have to tell you guys the backstory on how we came up with seven. Here's what happened. Our co-host, Rebecca, had shared this Instagram post that was shared by the Instagram account Transformation Collaborative, which is run by Havila Siegman, who is an awesome. And Rebecca had seen it. <laughs> Let's see if I can trace the whole social media thing here. Rebecca had seen it because our former co-host, our sort of awesome alumna, Lara Tremaine, had shared it on her Instagram, and it was a share from the account Shine Text. Shine is a sort of like health and well-being app that has been a sponsor of sort of awesome in the past. Oh my <laughs> it gosh. It was like the whole universe was telling us, Kelly, that we needed to see this Instagram post. <laughs> Yeah. The original post from Shine was seven types of rest that you need. Well, you know that we're huge fans of getting the appropriate amount of rest around here. But we took that idea and we took the categories that Shine talked about, seven different types of rest that you need. And we just did a little tweaking, a little adapting to turn it into a list of seven types of care that each of us need, the ways we can take care of ourselves by practicing good self-care in the holidays and beyond. And then Kelly, you were telling me that our old blogging friend, she's not old, but our mm -hmm. blogging friend no. from the old days, <laughs> Shannon Lowe, who blogged a Rocks in Our Dryer. I was trying to remember the name of her blog this morning. Yes. I think it is Rocks in My Dryer. Yes. From our way back blogging days, had yep. posted this in talking about true self-care in the Hangout mm -hmm. last week. Right. She had posted this. And actually, it was funny because she posted it in the Hangout. I saw several other people post it on Facebook. It was an essay originally written by a woman named Brianna Weist, if I'm saying her last name. And I'm just going to read two paragraphs here because these are the ones that I think jumped out at so many of us. We'll probably put it on our Facebook page if you didn't see it in the Hangout group. Last week, we'll be sure to share the whole thing because it's really good. It really is hearkening back to what we talked about on episode 162, where we talk about self-care and self-comfort, that they're different things. So yeah. she says, a world in which self-care has to be such a trendy topic is a world that is sick. Self-care should not be something we resort to 
because we're so absolutely exhausted that we need some reprieve from our own relentless internal pressure. True self-care is not salt baths and chocolate cake. It is making the choice to build a life that you don't need to regularly escape from. Yes. And that's exactly what we had said way back. Let's see, when was this? This was like two years ago or a year ago in September where we talked about self-care versus self-comfort, which has become a thing that we talk about a lot here at Sorta Awesome, that self-comfort is a thing that we all need. And so probably today we will be mixing in a few self-comfort things just to get you through this month. But real self-care is doing sometimes the hard work of saying, why am I so exhausted? What do I really need here? How can I nourish my soul so that I don't just have to drink another cup of coffee and try to push through the day and say, well, at least you can have a bubble bath tonight. Like we want to try to fix some of the deeper things. And I really think this calls back to the episode we did earlier this year on burnout as well, yes. because that's the same sort of thing, right? Yep. Is that we do not want to live perpetually burned out. <laughs> so we want to talk about both, I think, today. And I loved the idea that Shine Text had to say, here's seven types of rest, because of course, this is, see, it's the circle of sort of awesome life here is what we're talking yes. about. Because this is the Sabbath thing yep. for me as well, is how do we rest, mm -hmm. which is so countercultural yeah. to Western way of life. And especially to this season, when everything continues and we add on 2,000 other responsibilities and way more pressure and the perfect gifts and all these things that you have to do, it is crazy making. So we're going to try to just have a big exhale and say, how can we get through this season together? Are there big things that we need to change? so that we can actually enjoy and have some rest and true self-care? Are there some little things that you can do to help you just get over some of those things where you're like, I think this is a good decision, but I'm also really tired. How do I do yeah. that? So mm -hmm. I loved being able to break it up into seven categories and just throw out a few suggestions. How might you rest and do true self-care in this area of your life? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kelly and I each have some ideas. We're going to talk about the importance of each of these categories. We're going to throw some ideas at you. This is not prescriptive by any means. You know, Kelly and I are both extroverts. So oh. pretty similar temperament wise. We're married to men who are similar temperament wise. We've got big families and we're in our forties. So, you know, we're going to give some ideas that feel good and feel right for us and that we could see, you know, people adapting, but you guys just take that idea here and play with it think about it, journal about it, what's going to work in your life. So definitely not prescriptive, just as some idea starters for you. So Kelly, why don't you get us started? Let's talk about the first category, ways we can care for ourselves physically during this holiday stretch. Yes. So my biggest thing, and this is not going to come as a surprise to people who have listened to me on Sort of Awesome for years, I am a huge proponent for taking a nap. Yes, you, you guys. Are. Yes, you are. I am. And I know that not everybody finds a nap to be as restorative as I do because they wake up too groggy or other things. Although I do sometimes think that that's just another indicator that you are overtired. Yeah. If you cannot sleep for half an hour and wake up and feel refreshed because you're so exhausted, then this is a deeper thing. Mm -hmm. Then you need to be talking about how much sleep you really need and evaluating you know, all those types of things. But yes, I'm just going to say, if you are physically dragging, I hate that feeling when you're driving or that mid-afternoon slump where you're just like, your eyes are, you're just trying to stay open and you're like, maybe you're in a meeting and you're pinching yourself. This happened to me like two weeks ago. It was an important meeting, but it, we were all sitting there and there was that air conditioner sort of, or maybe it was a heater at this point in the year, that drone background sound. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm so tired. I got to stay awake. I got to stay awake. Like that is just the worst feeling in the world. So take a nap. 
Find a time you can take a nap. I had a busy week that might have even been the same week where I was so busy. And you guys, I put take a nap on my Friday to-do list after I knew I could get through all this stuff. Like I knew I had no time, but that nap was the best nap of all of November. It was like two hours. I crawled in my bed after taking a shower with a blanket. I made it count. I needed it. I needed the sleep because you can feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing is that when we're talking about physical rest, one of the other great things I actually found, and maybe we can post this either in the show notes or on our Facebook page, the article that inspired the graphic from Shine Text. Oh, wow. And so in there, they kind of go, you know, they break it down a little bit more like what we're doing here, specifically tailored to rest. But one of the things that the sociologist who helped to come up with it, I'm sorry, she's an author. She's a physician. Okay. She wrote the book called Sacred Rest. She said that I think that when you're looking at these seven areas of rest is that maybe you have to ID what you need. Yeah. And that's going to help you focus on what you need to restore, right? So if you have that physical feeling of just being tired all the time, let's talk about physical rest. And I cannot imagine anything better than taking a nap. Mm -hmm. But what about you, Meg? What would you say for physical? Well, you know, I'm one of those. I don't like to nap because it Mm -hmm. is a thing. And I think it's absolutely true that one of my biggest resistance to naps is because I do wake up feeling disoriented and groggy, probably Mm -hmm. indicative of a bigger sleep deficit in my life. I've just never been a really good napper. I also probably part of it is me being this Enneagram type nine who wants to rage against the machine and be like, not all nines need a nap. Okay. (laughs) Some of us don't like that. So you're like a rebellious nine. I'm a rebellious nine. Nines can be very, very, very stubborn when they want to be. And that's maybe maybe I'm just going to say it. Maybe I'm being stubborn about not taking naps. Maybe I could lay down every now and again, take a nap. But the one that came to mind for me is I think this is a great season to really eat intuitively. Mm. So ever since Laura Tremaine and I read, she encouraged me to read the book, Intuitive Eating. We talked about it on one of her past appearances on the show. I think it was actually during the time that we were working on the Mind Body series for Smartest Person in the Room podcast. Yep. So good. I was just like so captivated by this idea of eating intuitively because I'm one of those people that thought, gosh, if I ate whatever my body told me to eat, I would be eating (laughs) junk food and like Twinkies and chips and queso all the time. Once I started to practice it, I was like, oh, wait, that actually didn't happen. Like my big fears around eating intuitively did not come to fruition. And it was such an incredible awakening to really, really listen to what my body is saying. Now, don't take this too metaphysical, you guys. It's not like your body is like, I need a cob salad (laughs) and you're going to put this kind of dressing on it. And, you know, like all of the things. What I've discovered though is that if we listen to our bodies, they will tell us like, I gotta have some protein or, you know, what would be so great right now is some buttered pasta or something like that. You'd be surprised what you can discover. And here's why I think the holidays, Kelly, are a great time to try it. If you've never tried eating intuitively, a lot of us tend to relax our rules and ideas about food during the holidays, because we know gathering at the table, eating with others, eating special things that we only make once a year is part of the holiday season. And so if you are a person who has some pretty strict ideas, or maybe you're just have like me, have always been just afraid to try eating intuitively. And again, everybody who talks about this, we got to be sure that we make the point eating intuitively is not about weight loss. It is about feeding yourself 
nurturing yourself mm-hmm. with food in the way that your body is asking to be nurtured. And so I think this is a great time. It's a low stakes time because in a lot of ways, some of the things that we're eating is, are out of our control because we're going to holiday parties. We're going to people's houses. We're having family gatherings, but just try practice eating intuitively, listening, stopping and listening to your body in those moments when you do get to decide, what am I going to eat? Am I going to have a big salad with tons of roughage and good greens and fats? And I'm going to throw some protein in, or am I going to have some leftover Christmas cookies from the office party? I don't know. There's no Mm -hmm. right answer. There's no good answer here. It is what your body is suggesting to you. So that's my suggestion for caring for yourself physically, practice eating intuitively. Love that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our creative selves. What can we do in the realm of creativity? And we're not just talking to the artists. We're not just talking to the crafters. All of us as human beings have some part of us that is our creative self. What can we do, Kelly, to care for ourselves creatively in this season? I feel like a lot of my thoughts when I was thinking about the different areas of rest really come down to in this season, in particular, when we talk about the holidays, it is about editing. So we oftentimes, I think we're feeling cranky or out of sorts in these areas because we have too much. It's too much to do in our physical bodies. And so when it comes to creativity, There's so much going on that we just feel like we can't Mm -hmm. enjoy it. So here is my advice is to pick one thing that is really your Mm -hmm. art to indulge in and then maybe outsource the rest. So we have a lot of opportunities at the holidays to do lots of different things. Maybe you really like to cook. Maybe you really like to bake. Maybe you really like to wrap presents or maybe you really like to decorate or design fun Christmas cards or make homemade gifts. I mean, there. Really, nothing I just said there, it's like probably on multiple of those things are on your list right now, or you're feeling like maybe Mm -hmm. you should. And you know what? You might even enjoy a lot of those things, but you can't Mm -hmm. do it all, especially in this season. We can never really do it all, but I think we try to think that there's some sort of a time warp that's going to happen in December. And so we're going to be able to fit all of this in on top of all of our other things. And actually, we're all going to be happy all the time and everyone's going to just love it. So pick one thing. And I think that when we really edit and we focus on that one thing, instead of feeling like we have to do everything, we're able to enjoy it. And it does become self-care and it becomes like a a restful sort of thing because we can lean into that and not feel the pressure of all the other things that are hanging over us. You know, I think that that's why I've seen so many awesomes recently say, I just need help figuring this out. I know Pinterest has so many ideas, but I'm Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. So I just need a smaller group to choose from, or I just need someone to direct me. So this is like saying to yourself, we recognize that the world and the expectations, especially at the holidays for your creativity are a lot. So pick one, Mm -hmm. pick the thing that brings you like Marie Kondo the most joy, and then just focus on that and do that. Be really present with it and see if it doesn't restore you. I I think think that's so beautiful and so powerful. Mm -hmm. Just put the energy into one thing. I'm going to take the opposite side of that coin. Do all the things. Actually, be Martha Stewart. (laughs) That's how you restore your creativity. Right, exactly. Because look at me. That's what I do every day. (laughs) (laughs) You've got your own like little fairy house in the background. You're growing your own mushrooms for, yeah. Right, right, right. So yes, indulge in whatever is the thing that speaks to you creatively, but also, or and also, enjoy the art of others. Give yourself permission Mm. to receive the creativity of other people. So this is a fantastic season 
when, whether it is your favorite Spotify playlist with all of your favorite Christmas carols, or maybe it's going to performances. My friend, who's also an awesome Stephanie, takes her daughters to the OKC Ballet Nutcracker every year. And Mm -hmm. it's a big outing for them. They enjoy it. Our church puts on an organ recital series every single Advent season. And you can go and just go listen to these very talented organists play and have a recital. Like whatever, I don't know, look around a local event that you could go to, or if it's even just enjoying your favorite Christmas movie, but do it with intention. Do it with the intention of like really noticing everything that went into creating this thing that you're consuming. So maybe it's watching your favorite Christmas movie, but like really paying attention to, even if you've seen it a dozen times, paying attention to the art direction and how the, you know, like the set decor and all of the things that went into making Christmas Vacation, (laughs) which is a work of art, Ellie. It's a work of art. I did not expect that was the next thing that you're going to say. It is my favorite Christmas movie. I love it. I know every word to it. It's tacky and cheesy and it's just my favorite. And so I can enjoy that creatively speaking and just like enjoying the humor and the acting and all of the things that went into making it. So not only be a creator of creativity in this season, but also just like intentionally consume the creativity of others. Because when we do that, it does restore Mm -hmm. and refuels us and inspires us to nurture that creative side of ourselves, I think. Yep, absolutely. All right. Okay, so I have one for mental. Okay. Mental was another area of rest that they talked about. Maybe because I work in news and everything is so dramatic and we're going into 2020, you guys. Oh, even though it's important and obviously I work in news for a reason, it's exhausting. And I think at this time of year, all these other to-do lists that we have running in the background besides just the cultural societal Mm -hmm. stuff, it can be a lot. So this is my suggestion for you looking for some mental self-care is just to read a fun book yeah, or a magazine. Totally. So this is when we asked the awesomes if they would like us to do holiday shows or something that's different in December. And so many said holiday. I was surprised, but then I thought, you know what though? I'm picking up all of my magazines. I have like five or six different magazine subscriptions still, like hard copy magazine subscriptions. And I love picking them up at the holidays and just thumbing through the recipes and the pretty mantle pictures and all of the stuff. This is the season yep. for that. So maybe you, like me, have some of those magazines sitting around. Pull them out. Yeah. Find a book that is just fun. So maybe we can start a thread in the Hangout this week of people saying, here are some fun, not thinking mm-hmm. heavy books that I have read this year that I've really totally. enjoyed. We're looking for those. We yeah. need those. I think our friend Sarah Bessie calls them yes. comfort books, right? Yes, yes. So a book that you can just like dive into and escape for a little while. I think that's what I need. When I think about a mental Mm -hmm. rest, it's like an escape, right? This is really where you're not going to be able to rest mentally Mm -hmm. forever. This might be a self-comfort versus a self-care, but just having something where you can get away mentally and unplug and just be in a, a place that's fun and familiar is what we need. Maybe even it is watching Christmas Vacation, something like that. But I'm going to say, maybe use your eyes and read a book. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, mine really circles back to the very recent episode that you and I did about invisible labor. And so I want to say a way to care for Mm. yourself mentally in this season is to make it a priority to share the workload. Now, you and I might think about that in terms of our family. For example, this year, Kyle and I decided we're just going to do one big gift for the kids. We're getting a Nintendo Switch for the mm-hmm. four olders. 
Nico needs clothes, so he's not in on the switch gift. But I delegated or asked, however you want to say it, I was like, Kyle is number one, a great researcher that's totally in his wheelhouse. So he is perfectly capable of and actually way, way better than I am at doing the research of like, where should we buy it? Also, what games are we going to get to go with it? I was just like, can you take care of getting the switch? That has taken so much. Doing one big gift and then having Kyle be in charge of it has taken so much off of my plate mentally for this Mm -hmm. season. But hey, no matter what the situation is, like my sister, Emily, who is a department chair of the art department at the school that she teaches at, the end of the semester is a hugely busy time. And then, like you said, we have all this holiday stuff on top of it. So it's a time when she like really has to delegate out. Okay, guys. Okay, team, we got to get all this done. How are we going to do it? It's more important than ever in this season to share the workload, even if it's only for this one month. (laughs) Just be like, we have got to share the workload around here. And that allow yourself that that mental break of you do not have to mentally structure this fairy tale perfect Christmas for everybody. See who can pitch in to help and give yourself the mental care that you need and not being the one person solely responsible for making the magic happen for everybody. Right. And maybe this is how you dip your toe into the idea of sharing more of the mental load, because this month has so many extra and very specific tasks that are put to it. So even if you just said, hey, I cannot buy gifts for your family anymore, or I cannot, I'd really like to send cards, or I know this means a lot to you but I can't do it. Can you do that? So there's maybe one thing, one or two things that you can find that you can say, could you buy the gifts? Can you wrap the gifts? Can you handle whatever? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a great idea. That was such an important show. I feel like I'm still thinking about it. So this is a really very practical way of implementing it. I love that. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about our social lives. Again, this is going to be an area where it definitely, you know, some people are going to be really energized by all the social activities and opportunities mm-hmm. of December. And some people are going to be drained and hey, extroverts can get drained during December and introverts right. can get really energized. So just think about yourself outside of all of our, you know, personality stuff that we love to talk about. It's a big month with lots going on. So Kelly, how can we care for ourselves really well in the social realm? So many articles that I read about self-care, the holidays all have a version of saying, Like learn to say no to some of the social things that you're invited to, obligations, parties, whatever it might be. Saying no actually allows you to say yes more completely to the ones that are really going to matter to you. And I love that. So like you said, even for extroverts, this month can be a lot, partly because there are some things that are just, you know, obligations that you need to go to. I don't know a ton of people who are clamoring to go to a middle school holiday choir (laughs) concert. You know, it's that sort of thing where you're like, well, I am going to show up at this because I love my child or I love my niece or nephew, but that is not what I would be doing with my night. But we have that sort of thing. (laughs) We have work parties, you know, so there are things that we have to do. So this is what I'm saying. Alongside all of the things that we have to do, find a few, maybe it's even just one that you really get to do. What is going to restore you Mm -hmm. socially? So maybe it is a party that you plan or that you have a friend that you team up with and you say, let's do a soup night. Let's do a game night. Let's do an appetizer thing. Even for New Year's Eve, you could go that far out. And you have this thing to look forward to that you're like, this, this is what's going to really be the thing that enriches my life. 
Now, I will say that for, I think for a lot of introverts, it might be saying, I'm going to have a night where I'm not doing anything, where I've said no to the obligations. That is how I'm going to refuel socially so that I can be present with some of those you know, obligatory things or the other parties, the family gatherings that we're going to go to that I do really care about, but man, they're so draining. Yeah. So find a way that's going to be for you yeah. to restore for social. Find something that's going to say even one thing that is really for you that you get to do. Yes. It's not just all have to do's. Totally. I agree mm-hmm. with that so, so, so much. And mine kind of dovetails off of that because there are some things that are obligations that we have mm-hmm. to do. And so my thought in caring for yourself for the things that are obligations that are necessary for you to show up for is to simply set an intention for each event that you're going to, especially those that are obligations. Girl, listen, you mentioned the middle school choir Mm -hmm. concerts. Next week, we have back-to-back orchestra concerts because AJ has taken up the violin this year. And so we've got a Monday night one and a Tuesday night one. And so yeah, I'm going to be at those and going to be listening to middle schoolers who are new to their instruments playing jingle bells. Yep, <laughs> been there. But I've been doing a lot of research and reading lately on a not brand new concept with this idea of the power of the brain and how elastic the brain is, brain elasticity, yep. and how we actually can shape our experiences based on how we think about things. So for myself, I'm really thinking about this. How can I set a focused intention? For each event that I am going to, whether it's something that I chose or something that I did not choose to do, but I'm going to do it anyway, just mentally being in the moment that I can really experience all of the social things that are going on. So going to these concerts or, you know, going to family gatherings, thinking about what is it that I can intentionally do to get all of the social goodness out of this event that I have to go to anyway, whether it is making sure to, you know, like, again, going back to the concert idea. Making sure to say hi to other parents, especially ones that you only get to see at school events, kind of checking in with them at family gatherings, even the people that are difficult to gather with, just like thinking about what is my intention going into this? Can I just show up in a positive and meaningful way? My extrovert baby has now woken up and he's sharing his ideas too, you guys. He has his social ideas for us as well as he's grinning at me as we're talking about this. So yeah, just be intentional about it, I guess is what I'm saying here. I love that. I love that being able to set intention really does change the way that you look at it and what you get out of it. So it changes everything. Okay. So I'm super excited about the next one, which is sensory. So sensory rest. You guys, last week on Thanksgiving, we had put our dog down 48 hours prior, which was the plan. We knew that it was time and we would have this whole long weekend to be together and there wasn't as much work for Natalie. And it was the plan, but it was also just a lot. And we host Thanksgiving and I was working and I was working the day after Thanksgiving this year because it was just my turn of the short straw sort of a thing. So on Thanksgiving day, we had had some snow the day before. My husband and I took in between like breakfast and when the turkey had to go in, we went to a nature center just a few miles away and went for a hike through the snow, which was a lot more labor intensive than I thought. That was the funny thing. We were like, well, this will be a fun little walk. And like hiking three miles through five inches of snow. I was like, this is like, but you know what? That moment for me being outside is the biggest sensory reset that I can imagine because it's grounding. There's something about nature and like actually being out under the blue sky or the cloudy sky under the trees that is a reset for me. 
So that is my best kind of self-care. If I am feeling out of touch sensory, which for me often means that I start to feel cranky, it means that I've been on screens too much, which Mm, we have to be on screens for our work. But it's that thing where I am restless. And what I keep doing is I find myself picking up my phone every five minutes, which is stupid. And I don't even want to be doing it. So that's when I know that I am tired in a sensory way. I need to do something to do like a big reboot of my system because I'm stuck in this weird loop over here. So going outside, going for a walk, and you guys, does not matter the weather. Yeah, That's my thing is that I think that being outside is so refreshing that if you can find an umbrella, rain boots, a coat, snow pants, whatever you need in this season of winter, heck, if you're even in you know Australia and it's very hot, yeah, going in the early morning or late at night, doing something to get outside, to like sink your toes metaphorically into the dirt, to be thankful for nature and for the fact that it continues on outside of all of this other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's still here. It will still be here. That yep. is super restorative to me. Totally. What about you for sensory? Well, for sensory, this one really speaks to me because as a highly sensitive Mm -hmm. person, I am definitely very aware of sensory overwhelm Yes, all the time, but definitely during the holidays. So my big piece of advice, sensory, taking care of yourself and your sensory experience of the world is to really make an effort to soak up what your favorite sensory experiences are, whether it is being out in nature. For me, something I'm really sensitive to is smells. Like good smells are really, really, really good and empowering and powerful for me, but bad smells are, well, I go back to the Trader Joe's room spray. They really bother me. <laughs> so whatever, it's kind of one of those indulged things that could be a self-comfort thing, or you could look at it as I am caring for myself in a sensory way. So burning your favorite candles, wearing your favorite perfume. For me, those smell things are really powerful, but you know, it could be whatever. It could be investing in a good pair of noise canceling <laughs> earbuds or headphones or something that you use if you have to go to a big, you know, event where there's a lot of commotion, a lot of, you know, just very overwhelming. Using something like that to try to head off some of the overwhelm there. Just thinking about what is it that triggers, like you were saying, like this is a red flag to me that I am in some kind of overwhelm, like figuring that out and really caring for yourself in a way that speaks to your senses in a positive way. Because we can get really bombarded by sensory experiences this time of Mm -hmm. year. So again, to go back to what you're saying, edit it down to like, what are my favorites? What do I want to make sure I get to indulge in in a sensory way this season? Right. Because sometimes we do just have to kind of block it out. I agree. All right. So we're almost at the end of our list. Two more. Emotionally, how can we care for ourselves? Because listen, Kelly, the holidays, it brings up the emotions. It brings up the big feelings in all of us for sure. Right. And if you are emotionally exhausted and drained, I would say, how does that look for you? I know how it looks for me as I get Mm -hmm. grumpy. I get very snappy at people. I have not invested in my will of patience. It is gone. And this last week has been an emotional week. So it has been, my kids have seen that in me a lot more than they do normally. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's wrong? Well, there's just a lot of emotions that have been flaring. Yeah. So I think especially as grownups, that this is when it becomes imperative for us to be able to recognize that and then to take this self-care in that way of 
putting on your own oxygen mask first because your kids are probably going to have their own emotions to deal with. So being able to say, look, I can see and I can feel if I was even to take five minutes and really be present in my body, I can feel my heart racing. I can feel all these hormones. I can feel the anxiousness. My recommendation to care for yourself is to have a good cry. I have remembered this last week, how cathartic that can be, even though it's not always the funnest thing, but that really, truly cleansing all of those emotions out of your brain. You know, there's all this scientific research that shows what crying actually does to us in a bodily sense. It's not just an emotional reaction that somehow comes out in our eyes. It really is a cleansing sort of thing. So do what you need to, to maybe have that cry. I think that sometimes we have to just stop. Some of us listen to music. You have to maybe be in a spot where you feel like you can be safe to let it out. So, you know, go in the shower and cry. Maybe when you're like driving alone somewhere in the car, that sort of thing. Just don't be afraid of it because I think that that really is going to help us to work all that negative stuff out and so that we can be present and deal with the next day that's going to bring up its own emotions. We have to have a cleanse, right? It's like a cleanse emotionally. Yes, totally, totally. I totally agree on all of that. I'm a huge fan of having a big cry. I think it is so helpful. Yes. But whatever it is that speaks to you, for sure. My suggestion here is going to like sort of combine the emotional and the physical. And that is, I want to remind you guys, whatever is stressing you out during the holidays, you got to complete the stress cycle. If you need to Mm -hmm. go back and listen to Kelly and I did episode 193 back in April called Stressed Out, Burned Out and Ready to Recover, all about the book Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And we talked about how important it is to complete Mm -hmm. the stress cycle. So one of their biggest suggestions and something that Emily, who is a doctor and understands how important this is to our overall holistic bodily health is doing something physical, whether it is going for a walk, doing jumping jacks, some kind of something to help your body know that the moment of panic and stress in running from the lion is over. It has passed signal to your body. And once you do that, it clears the way for you to be able to process too emotionally through whatever that stress trigger is. So I know I keep picking on family gatherings, but I think honestly, a lot of times these can be one of the biggest sources, especially in troubled and fraught times that we live in (laughs) right now. So if you make it through this big thing that you've been anticipating, maybe having a lot of stress about, whether it was a family gathering, right? whatever, maybe it's just after Christmas morning when everybody is <laughs> open the presents and like, you're like, I'm cleansing myself emotionally. Oh, we did it. Complete the stress cycle in some way. Go in the kitchen, go in the bathroom, spray some Trader Joe's room spray and do some jumping jacks in the bathroom. <laughs> People will be like, not, 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 what is going on in there? <laughs> right, right. It is all connected. Exactly. But seriously, completing the stress cycle is one of the biggest ways that we can care for ourselves emotionally, even though it involves a physical component. Because see, remember, we're learning. It's all connected. It's all about caring for ourselves holistically. So complete the stress cycle to make way for emotional health during the holidays. Okay. So the last one, and you're right, I was thinking we're starting to sound like we're repeating ourselves, but we're not because they're so interconnected, right? So we have these seven different ways to think about rest and to think about self-care. But really, you guys, you know, you've heard us talk about this. You've heard Laura Tremaine talk about it in the Mind Body series, that everything is connected here. So our last one is spiritual. So if you need some spiritual rest, and this is a thing to think about, and it might sound funny because you would think in a season that has this spiritual component to it, shouldn't we be the most 
spiritually ready and happy and engaged. And I think it's actually the opposite because I have said for years that I feel like we really are celebrating two different holidays here in the West when it comes to Christmas. The Christmas season or the holiday season is that we have this kind of secular season that is about (laughs) consumerism and gifts and making happy memories and fun, 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 and everything's going to be perfect. And you know, Frosty the Snowman and Snow and Santa, all of that stuff is good and fun and it can be well-meaning. But at the same time, that there's that push to go up seems to counteract, which is the actual religious root of the holiday, which is the birth of the Messiah coming, God made flesh, Emmanuel, dwelling with us in the mess and the muck and the real. And that's like the antithesis of the perfect you know, everybody in matching pajamas, putting out milk and cookies for Santa around a tree with a clean house and all the presents perfectly matched, you know, wrapping paper. They really do counteract each other. So I think, and I know that this is going to be, I don't know how you're going to say anything different. I feel like I'm stealing your answer, Meg Teets. So we're just going to like preach to the choir here. Is Advent, you guys, Advent Mm -hmm. is the answer for a spiritual exhaustion in this season. And the cool thing is, is that it is right here, right now, this is what we're celebrating. So Advent (laughs) is the acknowledgement that we live in the mess. It is saying, I had to put my dog down last week and I'm devastated. And I cannot believe that that happened. It is all of the loss that people have had. It is the horrendousness that has come into your life this year. If you are spiritually exhausted, I think that Advent is the answer because it is the time for you to be able to take for yourself and say, God is still with me. There is hope here, even when it feels like it's hopeless. There is going to be some peace, even when there is no peace. How can I find these things? And if you guys are looking for any way to plug in, you say, well, yes, I would like to have a little bit more. Sarah Bessie, if you are not already, you can support her Mm -hmm. through her newsletter. She's now asking a very, very small fee for a tremendous amount of work that she does, but she's been doing some Advent writing. And there's nobody who's had, I think, when I think about friends and people that I know online who has had such a year as Sarah Bessie, it's been a very hard year. And she is writing this right from the real, you guys, and saying that, how do we live into this? So she's doing some fantastic writing. You can subscribe to her email, to her newsletter. And right now she's sending out every Sunday a new writing about Advent. Or one of my very favorite things, it's done by Biola University, their Center for Christianity, Culture, and the Arts. Does a newsletter every Advent season. You can get an email once a day that has a Advent like devotional. But my very favorite thing about it is that it's not just words. It comes with a piece of art, music, a devotional, and a poem every day. So usually there's something in there. And it also, besides just all of those things, it tells you about them. When was this painting made? Who made this artwork? I mean, and it really, it covers all sorts of genres of poetry and art and music. It's so fantastic to see how different people, different cultures, different ethnicities around the world celebrate the fact that we live in the mess. It is hard, but we believe that there is hope because of Emmanuel. So those are two things that I think really restore me spiritually. What do you want to say, Meg Teeth? Well, when you sent me your notes for this episode, when I got to the spiritual part and you just, all you wrote was Advent is the answer. In my own notes, I just wrote, yes. There is absolutely nothing more than I would say than the practice of Advent being so powerful to care for yourself spiritually. I'm going to add on to everything that you said, which I totally agree with. 
The concept of Advent is connected to the church calendar, the Christian church liturgical calendar. So in the liturgical calendar, December 1st marks the beginning of a new liturgical year. And so there's this idea that just as we, in a more secular way in January, want to clean house and prepare ourselves for the new year, Advent does that for us spiritually in December. As we prepare in a spiritual way for those of us who are Christian, we're preparing for the celebration of the coming of the Lord, the incarnation of Christ for us. It's the same idea. Advent is a penitential season in the church calendar. The other penitential season being Lent, which many of us even, you know, even if you're not familiar with the liturgical calendar, familiar with the concept of Lent. So this is a time when the vestments in the church are changed to purple to signify that it's a time of fasting and a time of being mindful of our need to clean up our lives. Our church is offering, our priests are offering extra confession times during Advent this season so that people can literally get in and get their spiritual lives kind of cleaned up and restored to where they want them to be, to come back into full communion with God. So again, it's just this concept of Advent as both an acknowledgement of the darkness that is very real in our lives in so many ways, grief, loss, depression, just general frustrations with life and the coming hope. And then also just a time to really spiritually clean house. I think this is a great time to be thinking about it before the actual new year comes. And so I love all of the resources that you mentioned. I wanted to also say that I had the opportunity to be a part of a brand new podcast called Wua Storytellers that launched just this week, had launched December 1st, every single day during Advent, a different storyteller is telling a story of longing is the theme this year. And so you can subscribe to that. We'll put a link in the show notes and hear lots of people talking about this idea of longing and how it ties into the Advent season. So yeah. All right. So you guys, that's it. That's seven ways to care for yourself during the holidays. Um, Nico is telling us that it is time to wrap up. Our producer, Nico, <laughs> he wears a lot of hats around here. He says also lunch. Yes, also He's lunch. like lunch is also a really good way to care for yourself. Yes, exactly. Which is true. It's true. It's true. Kelly, if people want to have follow-up conversation with you, which I know they will want to, remind us where we can find you all around the web. Well, you can always find me in the Hangout group or in the Superstars group on Facebook. Otherwise, on Instagram, I'm at Kelly Gordon MN for Minnesota. Or on Twitter, same thing, at Kelly Gordon MN. Awesome. Okay. Well, as a reminder, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg on social media. You can find the show on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime, really, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 